this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 299 of the YLP Podcast. It is Friday, March 12, 2021, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick off my return for just a little bit with a brand spanking new episode of News of the week, the show that talks about all the news it's fit for me to talk about, and yes, your man has found some news to talk about today. Kick it off this week's episode, we're going to be talking about, for WrestlingInc.com, WWE is reportedly back to square one with most of the WrestleMania 37 card. I just saw this today and it had to be discussed because... There's only two matches on this card that we know of so far. And they're 29 days away from the granddaddy of them all. And we got to talk about it. So that's what we're going to be discussing to kick off this week's episode. Also, the big thing that came out of AEW Revolution was the dud of an ending to the John Moxley, Kenny Omega, exploding barbed wire match for the AEW World Championship. And, uh... Yeah, apparently there's backstage news from TalkSport.com on what really happened at Revolution. Of course, the first inductee of the 2021 class, the Hall of Fame class, that is, has been announced. We'll be discussing that. I'm sure you already know who it is, but it's new to me. So, we'll easily be discussing that, as well as news on the XFL, the league that literally took the world by storm in... 2020 before pandemic happened and the season apparently is on hold right now but there's a a possible a very possible collaboration with another football league somewhere in the great white north I'm not exactly sure but yeah that's what we'll be breaking down that much and more for episode 299 of the YLP podcast it's good to be back Let's hit that intro, let's get it started, and with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? That's from the Resolutions Podcast here, and welcome to episode 299 of the YLB Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this wonderful Friday. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world! Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. It is Friday, March 12, 2021. Hope you guys are having a great Friday so far. Your man is back from hiatus for just a few days. And I couldn't think of a better way to come back than talk about the news of the week. The show where we talk about all the news that's fit for Mr. YLP himself to talk about. 
trip was good. Just want to let you guys know. Uh, Boston was nice. Uh, Maine was fantastic. Myself, Future Mrs. Wild, Bailey. Had a little getaway. Good times. It was good times. Um, I will definitely say that for sure. So, trip was fantastic. And came back. Came back on like this puddle jumper plane. It was tiny. Um, real talk, um, that was probably the smallest plane I've ever been in. <laughs> I mean, this thing was small, bruh. Oh, man. It was cool. It was cool. It was good times. You know, in Maine and in Boston. Shout out to the Friendly Toast. That, oh my god. If you ever go to the Friendly Toast, just get the churros, get the strawberry habanero jam. And just thank us later because that shit's oh my <laughs> Things to talk about on a podcast, anywho. Not here, not what you came for. <laughs> a little extra on top of the wonderful cake that is the YLP podcast. Hope you guys are doing great today. I'm feeling good. Weather's been kind of nice the past couple of days. Yesterday, noise. Just noise. Oh my goodness. One day, I wish I had worn shorts and. Before we get that weather again, but it was nice. Today was good. And let's kick off the weekend in proper YLP fashion, talking about the top story of this week's episode ForestingInc.com. Do I have my professor reading glasses? I do not. Alright, that sucks. It's been a minute. Give me a give me a minute to just get back into the swing of things, I'll be perfectly fine, got the water on deck, of course, but let's talk about this WrestlingInc.com article, WWE reportedly back to square one, with most of the WrestleMania 37 card, of course, written by my favorite professional wrestling writer, Mr. Mark Middleton, the card for WrestleMania 37 is reportedly nowhere near finalized, shit, that's just a great way Great way to kick off the article. We are 29 days away from the grandest stage of them all, and word now via WrestleVotes is that the card is not even close to being finalized, and that most of the card is back to square one. WWE has just two matches announced for WrestleMania 37 as of its writing. WWE Hall of Famer Edge versus WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, and Bianca Belair versus SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks. WWE usually has several matches confirmed or close to being confirmed at this point in WrestleMania season. This new report comes one week after it was reported via the Wrestling Observer that WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon had decided that WrestleMania 37 needed to be, quote, be bigger and to blow up, end quote. Some of the original ideas and ways that they can use everyone. People within WWE were expecting changes from the original lineup and direction to be made this week, but nothing has been announced as of this writing. WrestleMania 37, of course, takes place Saturday, April 10th, Sunday, April 11th, I believe. Tickets go on sale this Tuesday, if y'all are going. If you're going to be in the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. I don't know whether to sit back or just lean forward. We're gonna chill out. We're gonna lean back. We're gonna chill out. We're gonna take. We're, gonna, we're taking it all in. Twenty nine days away 
from WrestleMania 37. And we only have two matches on the card. Uh, looks to me like I'm going to have to do a uh, how WWE should have booked WrestleMania 37 this year. I was hoping I would take a year off from that, but apparently they have placed me in a position where I might have to do one, and I'd probably do it better than them, and I'm sure my card would be great. If you want to you know, if you want to actually, if you want to actually hear what I think for WrestleMania 37, how I would book it, let me know. Hit me up with an email, younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. And of course, anchor.fm slash WrestleLatic Radio. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And also a comment and a top rating across all distributed apps and where you can listen to this wonderful podcast. 29 days away, and we only have two matches for this weekend. At this point in the game, we should at least be close to having, already at least having first night booked. With a couple matches on night two, and pretty much getting ready to close out feuds with the blow off at Mania. I mean, with WrestleMania last year, too, it was kind of a. Same deal, but not to this extent. We're pretty much less than a month away from Mania. And we only have two matches on this card. People, I mean, come on. Think about it. Royal Rumble pretty much was set up. They had literally less than three months. And they could have already had the card prepared by December. If not in permanent ink, at least in pen. I'm honestly like at a loss for words, as you can tell. We're literally now less than a month away from Mania. And we don't even have the first night taken care of. This is the now effect of what Vince McMahon and his crew creatively have caused. You have, especially on Raw, Fuck over your rosters to the point where you literally have nothing but these two matches. The United States title picture is pretty much, I don't know. Apparently, Riddle versus Ali for the U.S. title this coming Monday. Could have done it at Fastlane, just saying. You would have already at least confirmed Apollo Crews and Big E for the Intercontinental Championship, which, by the way, very, very underrated feud right now in WWE. Mans went from not doing a damn thing to sitting in a room with Roman 
and now he's about to be competing for the Intercontinental Championship. Confirm that, please. That would make three, at least. The tag title over on SmackDown is... Womp womp. But it's more than likely going to be Dolph and Bobby versus Street Profits. Street Profits get the titles back. That would just make the most sense. I don't know what they're doing on Raw's tag team division, so I'm not even going to worry about that. I don't know what they're doing. For the life of me, I don't know what they're doing. Two fucking matches. Less than a month away. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what in the hell are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on with their mind. I don't know. Because I'm already formulating a card in my head. Right? Like as I'm recording this, I am thinking of a card in my head. And the WWE Championship is fire. So put that out there. I can't really wrap around my head what is it they're trying to do. You're going to have crowds. You're going to have crowds in Tampa. And all you have right now is Roman Reigns and Edge and Sasha Banks and Bianca Bella. I'm trying not to even get loud right now. I'm that mad. Fuck it, we're turning it up. How in the fuck are we 29 days away from the grandest stage of them all and you only have two fucking matches? This is inconceivable to me. It really is. Because we all know for a fact that at least a few matches would have already been, like, set in stone. Permanent marker, everything. And now we have literally close to nothing. Nothing! I'm at a loss for words. I really am. Because I can say every curse word that I know in the book and it still wouldn't be enough. Like, I wish I could say it's a joke and it's just, you know, haha, funny. This is real deal right now. We're in fucking crunch time. You got Fastlane coming up, which I honestly really don't give a shit about and you're not getting a review from me on that because I just don't really care. I would think they would do better than this. 
But given their track record the past couple of years, I honestly, you know, I'm kind of a desensitized to it. I honestly couldn't even tell you over the past like five years which WrestleMania's were solid. Because I just have this feeling of just like, oh, you know, they're definitely not ready for WrestleMania. You can just tell. By end of February, they really haven't solidified at least close to a full night before we head into the month of March, which we're in right now. I honestly at this point have no hope for WrestleMania. I'm being dead ass serious. I'm quite disappointed. If we're being truthfully honest, I mean, I am absolutely fucking disappointed in what WWE is doing right now. Now you got to do a rush job. Instead of realizing long-term booking sometimes actually works when you already have a plan in place. Now you're scrambling like your damn chickens with your fucking heads cut off and you got nothing but two damn matches to show for it. I am quite perturbed. I'm pissed. If you are a WWE fan right now, you are pissed. You need to be. You need to be. Do we have anything set up for the WWE Championship yet? No. But you yeah, I pretty much got a month of build. Um, Intercontinental title, Big E and Apollo. Makes sense. United States Championship, I don't know. Really don't know. This is not even anger. It's truly disappointment. So you have to build from pay-per-view to mania. I just don't understand it. I just can't seem to comprehend what in the actual fuck they are doing. At this point, I would have some sort of hope for them. But right now, at this point, I have honestly no hope for them. Honestly, I don't know when Fastlane is, nor do I care. I wish I could be more, you know, gung-ho about the fact that, you know, we're a month away and we only got two matches, but I can't be. Nor should you. I want to believe they can do something great. Because they have the talent to do it, but 
When you got when you have a senile old motherfucker in Vince McMahon, shh, <laughs> and in Bruce Pritchard, and you just got well, fuck. Um, I want to believe WrestleMania 37 would actually be decent. I do. I honestly do. Because I don't think with all this talent they have on the car, they couldn't produce no solid show, could they? They could, if they actually use long-term booking and not bullshit and mental just fuckery. Mental fuckery? Yeah, that sounds about right. I hope WWE has somewhat of a plan, but now that you pretty much said you want it to be bigger and to blow it up and to blow up some of the original ideas and ways you can use everyone. I get that. But WrestleMania is WrestleMania. If you haven't really been doing much for like at least three quarters of the year, you should not be on the show. Or if you're in no angle whatsoever, you don't deserve to be on the WrestleMania card. pretty fucking simple at this point if you're not in an angle you should you're probably not on this card you are an andre the giant memorial battle royale participant we'll get no push whatsoever and you will just have a trophy to show for it congratulations but if you don't at least have a championship or at least a top contender for a championship shouldn't be on the card Mm. You shouldn't. Takes away from other opportunities. Can't include everyone. That's just me. You know, if you've been featured or at least are in a solid angle, you, you're on the card. That's pretty much it. Top titles, marquee matchups. You know, unless you want to go multi-man on at least one I would let you get away with it. Other than that, mm -mm. so I hope WWE has a plan. I really do, because where we're at right now, between now and April 10th, they better produce something of worth. If not, I'm gonna talk about it, and I'll have a damn good time talking about it too, because then I get to talk a lot of shit. But that's gonna be our top story. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, I have the news. I have more news. Christian explains how and why he jumped from WWE to AEW. We're going to talk about the XFL. The 2022 season apparently is on hold and a possible collaboration with another football organization. We're going to talk about that. And, uh, hmm. and, and I guess we'll just talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about the whole Moxley Kenny Omega thing. Backstage news on what really happened. You know, with the exploding ring failure at AEW Revolution. All that coming up on episode 299 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back.
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 299 of the YLP podcast. Talking about the news of the week. Before we get into that, I want to let you guys know. Do a little blank thanks. If you head over to my merch store, young lines perspective.creator-spring.com. I can tell you right now, I can get you 10% off. 10% off right now. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I'm not lying to you. When you go to checkout, use code MARCH2021, all caps. All caps, no cap. And um, yes, you will be able to get 10% off your entire purchase when you use code, of course, MARCH2021. And over at MIT Spring, or at my Spring Store, I'm sorry. Got all of the apparel for men. Women and the young cubs out there with accessories and tapestries. Beach towels, organic tote bag. Yes, organic tote bags. While the mask, of course, can still wear in quarantine and the other facilities for that can be with beast. And when you buy a mask, of course, a dollar from a purchase goes to a nonprofit organization specializing in child hunger. But yes, this weekend, from pretty much midnight. Until 11.59 p.m. this coming Sunday. Make sure you use March 2021 as the code at checkout. Save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. And once again, that is young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com. Let's get into more news, shall we? Now, everybody in their grandmama know about what happened in Revolution on Sunday. And that's what we're going to be talking about right the book now. Talksport.com. Furious backstage news on what really happened with John Moxley and Kenny Omega's exploding ring failure at AEW Revolution. From Alex McCarthy. At AEW Revolution, a fantastic pay-per-view sadly ended on a sour note with the exploding ring not doing what it was meant to do. Kenny Omega and John Moxley put on an incredible exploding barbed wire death match in the main event, and both men spilled blood, pushing themselves to the limits. One of the intriguing parts of the match is that the fact that there is a 30-minute timer. When that clock expires, the ring is meant to collapse and explode. Promising such a finish is obviously a lofty thing. Facts. But there is no reason to believe AEW can deliver on that promise. Brian Alvarez said on Wrestling Observer Live that AEW tested the bomb before the show and everything went fine. However, the bomb used on the pay-per-view broadcast happened to be a dud. Alvarez also says Omega was furious with how the finish came off and that's no surprise at all. After working that hard and giving that much to the match only for that to happen, it's no wonder he wasn't happy. You can tell by the John Moxley promo immediately after the match as well that he was far from happy too. Speaking to the media after the event, AEW owner Tony Khan refused to concede that ending went wrong. Instead, Khan insisted this was part of a storyline where Omega had made a dud bomb for his Moxley extermination chamber. The only problems with that story is why Eddie Kingston would run down to try and save his favorite rival sold the impact of the very small blast. The commentary team also acted as if they had just seen something terrible too. They made no mention of a dud bomb. Khan told the media that the story will be followed up on this Wednesday on Dynamite, which it was. And I will say that they sure as hell saved that. I promise you that. They sure as hell saved it on Wednesday. Not gonna front you. But Alvarez is reporting that the finish didn't go wrong and many people were unhappy about it. Things like this do happen, but it's a shame, especially with it being the final act on a memorable pay-per-view. 
I wouldn't go as far as to say memorable, but it was a decent show nonetheless. And I could, I knew when I saw that, that was just, ugh. Ugh. Just ugh. Gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. To say the least. And I know they wanted to go all out, literally with a bang. And, um, yeah. It, it kind of sucks. It really does suck that they were, weren't able to have that go the way that it did. It feels like that sometimes, though. It really does suck because we knew we were expecting something crazy, you know, with this. And I know Moxley and Omega put on a solid main event. And for that to happen like that, that it really sucks because that was pretty much the blow off. That was literally the end of that feud. And for that to end like that, definitely not a way you want to go out. But like I said, on Wednesday, they were able to save it. Obviously, with what they had going on, you know, they really wanted to make that a crazy ending, a great way to end the pay-per-view. And it just unfortunately fell flat. I guess they forgot to learn how to truly light the fuse. But it's... I mean, like I said, on Wednesday, they definitely did save it. They were able to save everything that happened on Sunday for the most part. They played it off very well. Very, very well. It'll lead into uh, last week, this week, coming this Monday. But for something they really wanted to do and something they really wanted to go off and end the feud properly... And for it to end like that, that's got, I mean, that must have really pissed off Kenny. Completely. Because I'm sure this is something that he really wanted to, really wanted to be fantastic. End Revolution the right way. You know, right off Moxley, which I think that might have been the plan, or at least, you know, start the whole deal with Kingston and Moxley being blown the fuck up. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. Not exactly sure. But we'll see how everything goes. Again, we'll talk about the, the whole ordeal of how they saved it um, this Monday on last week, this week. But let's switch gears here. And the XFL. The XFL. VermontSignews.co. XFL 2022 season is on hold. Possible collaboration with other football league from Andrew Ravens. Dwayne The Rock Johnson teamed up with Redbird Capital and business partner Danny Garcia to buy the bankrupt XFL back in August. After buying it for $15 million, which came just months after Vince McMahon folded, it was announced that the league would relaunch in 2022. However, on Wednesday, the Pro Football League announced the season is on hold while having discussions with the CFL, the Canadian Football League. 
The CFL had to cancel its 2020 season and plans to start its 2021 preseason in May and its regular season in June. On the flip side, the XFL had its 2020 season cut short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. As it stands right now, no one is using the word merger, but it certainly appears to be just that as the two leagues issued joint statements noting they believe they can help each other. It should be noted that The Rock was a briefly a CFL player after playing at the University of Miami. Ultimately, he thought his best move was to get into the pro wrestling business instead of moving forward with his football career after being cut by a CFL team. Thus, with him having a history with the CFL, it could be a natural fit. Let me see here. Is there anything else? I mean, we have a statement, though, from Jeffrey, Hop- uh, Jeffrey Pollack, the XFL president and CEO, saying, quote, We are honored and excited to be in discussions with the CFL. It's clear through our early conversations that we share a passion for football, an expansive sense of possibility, and a deep desire to create more opportunity for players and fans across North America and around the world. Blending the CFL's rich heritage with our fresh thinking and the unique reach and experience of our ownership could be transformative for the game. We look forward to it, to learning more about what's possible together with the CFL and where our shared action takes us, end quote. For those of you who don't know, the Canadian Football League at one point did have American teams in their league. And it's definitely legit because I used to have what was the 1992 Almanac, <clears throat> and they had that in there. Let me see if I can find it. There we go. There it is. Let me see which teams they had in the CFL. See if I can find it. Okay, so besides BC Lions, Calgary Stampeders, Edmonton Eskimos, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes, the Ottawa Red Blacks, fuck the Red Blacks, Toronto Argo Knots, Go Argos, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. At one point, we had the Sacramento Gold Miners, the Las Vegas Posse, San Antonio Texans, the Shreveport Pirates. The Memphis Mad Dogs, the Birmingham Barracudas, and the Baltimore Stallions. Definitely legit. 92. It's legit. So, what my first thought was, when I thought that, was XFL teams going in, you know, being brought into the CFL. I mean... Why the hell not? The possibility is there, people. The possibility is there. I wouldn't mind it. I honestly wouldn't mind it. Not at all. 
100%. Because that would be something I could easily watch. I mean, the XFL... Telling you, yeah, that's that's definitely something I can really fuck with, and really rock with, and just be really excited about. Because I know their markets are pretty solid. No, I don't care about your ownership. Shut up. All right. Let's see if that works out. My apologies. I'm just trying to find the. Uh, Like the standings and the teams and all that. Because. Think of these markets, right? You have, of course, what? The Seattle Dragons. The DC Defenders. Dallas Renegades. LA Wildcats. New York Guardians. Tampa Bay Vipers. The St. Louis Battlehawks. I think that's all of them. That's some solid markets. Seattle, D.C., Houston, New York, L.A. I mean, that's not a bad... That wouldn't be a bad idea. And you got and you have those markets. And you already... And a couple of those, you already have fandom in football. Seattle, you have the Seahawks. You have the Rams and the Chargers in L.A. Texans fans. Former Rams fans in St. Louis. You already got, the, you got Bucks fans in Tampa. You got Giants, Jets, and Buffalo fans if you want to go full New York State. And Jersey, of course. That wouldn't be a way to have them incorporate. I honestly wouldn't be mad at the move if that was the case. I think this would be a solid way for the XFL to come back. And those who don't watch CFL, you know, definitely would have have more eyes on that. Because if you get XFL and CFL together and combine their leagues, I would be ecstatic. 100% ecstatic. Because... You know, think about, I'm trying to think about, like, those games. Toronto, New York. D.C. Hamilton. No, Seattle, B.C. Lions versus Dragons? Man, listen. That would be an absolute wild matchup to watch. New rivalries within the league? Houston-Winnipeg could be a deal. Especially with what Houston did last year. God damn. Uh, Yeah, yeah, 2020. God damn. Everybody was whooping everybody's ass. This has so much potential. And it could be a wonderful combination. I would be all for that if they were able to somehow figure out a deal where they could both be incorporated in, in one league. That would put eyes on the product. And since ABC, uh, was it? XFL and Disney have their like own the rights. You would get it literally on ABC and ESPN. 
Winner, winner, chicken, motherfucking dinner. Let's go. Let's go. And finally, for this segment. If I remember correctly, we were going to talk about Christian. We saw a man show up at Revolution this past Sunday. After seeing him at Royal Rumble in January. But from CageSizeSeats.com, Christian explains how and why he jumped from WWE to AEW. First of his reveal at a Revolution and ahead of his first time on an EW mic this past Wednesday on Dynamite, Christian Cage sat down with Renee Paquette to talk about where he's at and what led him to sign with All Elite Wrestling. On the latest edition of Paquette's Oral Sessions podcast, Christian revealed that when his old colleague, Paul Big Show White, started hyping his AEW arrival as the biggest scoop ever, he hadn't even inked a deal, saying, quote, Honestly, this is 100% honest. On Wednesday, there was nothing signed. It was a shock to me when I heard it, but obviously, I think Tony and I hit it off pretty quick, and we felt comfortable enough that we were gonna, definitely going to get something done and get work together at that point. End quote. The former NWA and WWE World Heavyweight Champion detailed the process by which he returned to the ring for the first time in seven years at the Royal Rumble in January of this year. Frustrated that he wasn't allowed to be touched when he worked Raw as part of Edge's feud with Randy Orton last summer, he went to a concussion specialist at the University of South Florida to see how his brain had healed from the injuries that forced him into retirement back in 2014. Doctors told him he crushed the battery of tests, and they had no concerns about him returning to the ring. He then set out to get in shape, eating better with the help from the company his best friend Edge uses for meal prep and working out on the sly in his garage. The jump to AEW wasn't planned, but was encouraged by Renee's husband, John Moxley, and not just by interviews full of praise for Cage. Quote, it all happened pr- really quick. I wasn't sure I was going to go after the Rumble, and all the talks that I had with WWE were very cordial. And obviously, I'm good friends with you and your husband, John, and he talked to me and had his, his opinions and stuff like that it made me think that, like, Okay, I'm doing myself a disservice if I don't at least explore my, all my options. At this final stage of my career, I ended up having a conversation with Tony, and it escalated very quickly. It went very fast. Within a week, it was a done deal, end quote. Renee's also got Christian to talk about the thought process that led him to make the call to sign with AEW instead of WWE, saying, quote, Of course, whenever there's some sort of decision like that, a life-altering decision, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. I didn't have a lot of time to think about this, but what I really needed was the best platform for me to... I kind of got a second lease on life here with this. To showcase that, but also help. Where could I help also in the next generation? And that's kind of what I felt here in AEW. In my initial talks with Tony, the first conversation we had, we talked for two hours. And from that initial conversation, I was like, man, I didn't think it would go that well. And it came together pretty quickly after that. We hit it off, kind of had the same feeling as far as where he saw me and what I could do, and what I could bring to the table, and how I could help the roster, and help myself, and help the show. And there's something intriguing about that to me, and I like a challenge. It was not an easy decision, but it also wasn't a hard decision, if that makes sense. There was something intriguing about being able to add, to be a little more hands-on with everything, and having that challenge as well. It just felt like the right situation, and there's nothing wrong with WWE and the way they do things. I, I needed this for me at this point, and quote. I can't blame Christian for that. Man's wanted to, man's wanted to make sure he explored all his options. He's on like the twilight of his career. 
And instead of closing it out with WWE, he decided, hey, I would be a fool if I didn't actually see what was out there for me. And hit it off with Tony, and now he's in AEW. Once again, as Christian Cage. Now, when I saw Christian Cage be the one, be the biggest scoop ever for Revolution, I admit I was kind of shocked, but in a way where I was just like, oh. Oh, okay. We also got Ethan Page that night, and I was thinking, oh, that would have been a really nice position to have Ethan be in. Become a big fucking deal. Why not? That would have been actually pretty cool. If it was Ethan Page. Like, a really big signing and making him a really big deal immediately in AEW. But seeing Christian, I was like, oh, okay. Let's see what we can do with this. And... Hopefully, this does work out. Hopefully, this does work out for Christian, and we'll see what he does. I mean, I'm happy that, you know, he wanted to, you know, at least be comfortable with Tony. See how it's all good. Getting, you know, past the injury, John, and crushing his battery at test and getting ready and and meal prepping. And for Moxley, that's actually not pretty bad, you know, to let, just to give him his opinion on things and definitely help the cause. And then the, the first conversation with Tony, two hours, hit it off pretty quick. And But he wanted to do this for himself. No more, no less. He wanted to see what was out there and we'll see what he could do against the guys in AEW, how he could help the roster and the next generation of talent in professional wrestling, period. That's a wonderful selfless act. One I commend. And we will see what lies ahead for Mr. Cage going forward in AEW. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to end today's show talking about the first official inductee of the 2021 Hall of Fame class. I got news on why WWE Network is moving to Peacock and news on WrestleMania going back to a one-night format from WrestlingInc.com. And I found this news actually like a couple days ago and I saw this and I'm just like, we going to talk about this. From SportsKita.com, Vince Russo calls on WWE to change the booking of female superstars. We're going to talk about that to end this week's episode of the YLP Podcast, episode 299 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the final segment of episode 299 of the YLP Podcast. Talking about the news of the week. Let 
Let me kick off this final segment with an article. WrestlingInc.com. Why? WWE Network is moving to Peacock. News on WrestleMania going back to a one-night format. WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan recently spoke with Joe Reedy of the Associated Press to promote the WWE Network move to Peacock in the United States. Khan revealed that WWE had discussions about the future of the network long before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. WWE realized over the past few years that trying to maintain the WWE Network infrastructure coming at the expense of programming. That led to the relationship with NBC Universal's Peacock platform. The big question internally was how much can you invest in key base with technology? It would be a massive investment concept. The WWE Network averages 1.5 million subscribers, but will now see a huge jump in potential viewers. As Comcast reported, 33 million signups to Peacock in their Q4 2020 reports. While all of these are not active viewers, Khan said the entire deal was a brainer. Quote, you drop the price in half. WrestleMania 38 at AT&T Stadium near Dallas, while WrestleMania 39 is scheduled for SoFi Stadium near Los Angeles, the original area they had booked for this year's 30 WrestleMania 37 event. Stephanie noted that logistical challenges and building commitments are why the Los Angeles area must wait two years. It was noted how WrestleMania 38 and 39 are scheduled to be one-night events like WrestleMania shows were in pre-pandemic years. Stephanie said the move two nights for WrestleMania 36 proved popular. Trying to do two nights in the future might be more difficult due to the many events held during the week barring a pandemic. Quote, I suppose anything in life is possible. This format is unique to the times. I mean, for me personally as a WWE Network subscriber, I have my concerns about uh, Peacock and the network moving over to Peacock because there were some questions and uh, a little bit of answers. Um, because my only, my main thought was, you know, were we as network subscribers going to be grandfathered into Peacock, you know, or would we be able to, you know, still have our WWE network? I don't know. Until then, you can keep watching directly on the WWE Network as long as you have an active subscription. You can also create a Peacock account to stream WWE Network on Peacock beginning March 18th. And uh, just in case you didn't know, WrestleMania 37 on April 10th and 11th will only be available to stream on Peacock. So that was my biggest concern. If I'm a subscriber already, what do I do? 
now. I have to have a Peacock account to stream the network. So, and WrestleMania is going to be exclusively on the Peacock network. So I would have to get the Peacock network in order to watch WrestleMania and any pay-per-view going forward. I mean, WWE is making a good amount of money off of it, making a billion bucks. So, it definitely works out for them, but, you know, with the whole thing with Peacock, you know, I'm now moving over there, now I have to think, okay, now I have to, now I have to make sure I get a Peacock subscription, you know, just so I'm prepared for, you know, when that happens, you know, will that just mean I will no longer pay $9.99 for a subscription to WWE Network and just pay the $4.99 per month? For Peacock, which would honestly, if that's the case, be quite ideal, because then that's like five extra bucks a month, I could save. So that's a win in and of itself, if that's the case. Still, though, it came out of nowhere with this, because it just hit us, and we were just like, what? Network? What? Okay. If it works out across the board, then we should be okay. Mm -hmm. But my concern is that, you know, when we're, you know, we're brought into the fold for Peacock, things might get a little wonky, you feel me? And that's kind of the big deal with that. You know, it helps out because, uh, like I said, Comcast gets 33 million signups, and now and I add an extra 1.5 on that, and they'll be, you know, in with that. I mean, I'm not sure what they would have for us, like, you know, shows, I know The Office is on there, which I love. I love that show so, so much. Um, but I don't really watch TV like that. If I'm being brutally honest with y'all, all I really watch on television is professional wrestling and sports. Pretty much every night of the week. Maybe a cooking show here and there. If you have YouTube TV, Taste Made has a wonderful cooking show called Struggle Mills. That is a fantastic show. I'm not going to front. If you're on a budget or you don't know how to cook, this show is great. I'm just saying, myself and future Mrs. Wild P adore that show very, very much. And uh, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's a cooking show, but you can figure it out on the budget. It's a wonderful thing. If you have YouTube TV, you know exactly what I'm talking about if you watch that uh, channel. Taste Made, great channel. Good YouTube page as well. I'm just concerned that, you know, it may not go off as well as we think it is. But we'll see how everything goes with that. Because, you know, it's just a, it's just a new move. Pay, pay $5 less, unless you get the whole, I think it's, I think it's, it's uh, ad-free, it's uh, just paying $9.99 anyway, so you wouldn't watch uh, NXT without commercials, you just watch it straight through, and that wouldn't be bad, I mean, there are some positives coming out of this, we'll just have to see how everything goes with the entirety of when the WWE Network fully forms into the Peacock Network. And it becomes a regular thing for us. I mean, hopefully, especially with the one night WrestleMania, we have to go back to that. If they plan on returning to live touring in July, as they planned last year, it would definitely be something that they would have to go back to. I mean, like Stephanie said, going forward, you know, it would be very, very, very difficult to get a two-night WrestleMania going going forward. So they would be forced to go back to a one-night. 
it would be dope if it was like a really big deal. You know, the way that uh, NGPW did it for 2020, Tokyo. I mean, it's too much spectacular kind of like show off, you know, the city of Tokyo, welcoming everybody into the new year. And that being like the first big thing they saw, unfortunately. COVID hit and then all that good shit. So we'll see how all this goes. We'll see how everything with the Peacock goes um, once we get to that point. I believe it's uh, I believe it's next week. March 18th, so if you did not, have not received a, if you've not gotten a Peacock subscription just yet, make sure you get yourself one ahead of WrestleMania 37. This article, when I saw this, I had to talk about it. I really had to talk about it. I haven't, mind you, as y'all know, I just find the articles. I don't read them until I actually record. So you are getting genuine, actual reactions from yours truly. And when I saw this, I had to talk about it. From sportskeeda.com, Vince Russo calls on WWE to exchange to change booking of female superstars. Mind you, this is apparently an exclusive from Danny Hart. Former WWE writer Vince Russo believes WWE's creative team needs to change the way it books the fem- company's female superstars. In the latest edition of SK Wrestling's Riding with Russo, Dr. Chris Featherstone spoke to Russo about WWE's women having similar win-loss records, with the exception of Asuka, who has a 70% win ratio, and Becky Lynch at 64%, many women win the same number of matches that they lose. Russo, WWE's head writer in the late 1990s, has recently pitched WrestleMania 37 ideas for Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns versus Edge. When it comes to WWE's women's division, however, he thinks it's difficult to produce storylines for characters who have little direction, saying, quote, if you asked me, Vince, what would you do with Roman Reigns? What would you do with The Fiend? What would you do with Lashley? Bro, it's easy to say because they have a sin- the same kind of character. Have some kind of character, I'm sorry. But with these girls, you can't do nothing with them if they don't have a character. So if these girls were all defined, I'd say, okay, you do this with this one. We're not at that point yet because we've got to define them first, end quote. Vince Russo also called on WWE to tell more stories in the women's division. He believes female characters lack definition, which causes fans to not care as much about their matches. And he said, quote, you got to reestablish these women, and let's start with a shoot of who they really are. Once we know who they really are, then we can magnify these characters. Right now, they're women wrestlers. That's who they are, end quote. In another edition of Riding with Russo, Russo recently outlined the problems he has with Sasha Banks and Sonya Deville's WWE personas. And of course, show love to SK, Riding with Russo, you know, all that good stuff. But Vince actually isn't wrong here. He's not wrong by any means. Because of the fact that I have been saying forever that the WWE needs to get their shit together when it comes to their women's divisions. Raw and SmackDown. Both sides have solid rosters, if you really think about it. And somehow, some fucking way, you haven't defined anyone. You haven't given us feuds that are worth my goddamn time. SmackDown's division, SmackDown's division, women's division alone really kicks ass. It does. Bailey, Carmella, Sasha, Bianca, off rip. You know, you can have Jackson Baszler going back and forth. 
Riot Squad. Naomi. I know name is Raw, my bad. But over on Raw, you have what? Asuka, Charlotte, Rhea, Alexa, Naomi, Nia. Well, Shayna more than Nia, but anyway. That's, they both have solid divisions, but they've got nothing going on for them. I still, to this day, have been wanting an Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross fear. And I got nothing out of the deal. It just made sense. Once you got into mm-hmm. Fiend mode, it was pretty simple for Nikki and Alexa to have a little thing, have a little feud. You know, Nikki sees that Alexa isn't who she is, truly is, you know, and she's losing her best friend. Same way you're doing with uh, Casey and Kaden and Zaya. You could have easily knocked that out. That would establish Alexa Bliss's actual threat and Nikki Cross's sympathetic baby face. not hard. That's a little something. Maybe Mandy and Dana start gunning for the tag team championships. You know, help establish your women's tag team division. I've been saying this for freaking ever. Because it's something you can't miss. It's right there. You see it right in front of you every single week. I mean, sure, yes, I'm all for Sasha Bianca. Don't get that twisted. But what do you really have after that? Like, what other feuds in the division do you actually have going on? That's what I'm saying. You know, Bailey could be doing something right now. Ruby and Liv could be doing something right now. Bailey's just there. Is what it is. I'm just, I get worried a lot because looking at NXT's women's division being so full of depth and wonderful booking that it's literally the best thing that they have in the game in terms of women. And nothing's going on with Raw and SmackDown. Russo's right. They're not defined. They're not actual characters. You know, characters we actually care about. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But in this case, Russo is correct. You have to reestablish them. You have to give them something of the, you know, see who they really are. You know, tell more stories. We don't have actual characters. Yeah, you got Charlotte too. Nope, I forgot, almost forgot about her. And Charlotte's dance probably come from my head, Jesus. But you have a lot of care, like a lot of talent here, and we don't know exactly who they are anymore. We don't. Especially with Rhea coming into the fold on Raw pretty soon. I need something to work with here, people. I need something to work with with the women's division because honestly, we could have easily been already preparing for the Raw Women's Championship 
at Mania. We could have. Hopefully, one of these days they figure it out. Because we've been we've pretty much been seeing it from the outside looking in. And we already know it's a glaring problem. That needs to be taken care of ASAP. And finally, to round out episode 299 of the YLP podcast, figured I'd save the wonderful, the best for last. This past week, we have the first member of the 2021 Hall of Fame announced that, I believe, on the bump on WWE Network. Molly Holly announced as the first member of the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame class from Bleacher Report. Dot com from Mike Yari. Molly Holly was announced as the first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame class 2021 on Wednesday. Shane Hurricane Helms broke the news to Holly on an episode of WWE's The Bump and what was an emotional moment for the former WWE teammates. The Holly announcement came after Caleb Braxton revealed on WWE's The Bump that a 2021 Hall of Fame special will stream on Peacock on April 6th, the week of WrestleMania 37. It was noted that the special will include both the 2020 and 2021 WWE Hall of Fame classes. WWE named a 2020 Hall of Fame class last year, but no ceremony was held since the COVID-19 pandemic forced the company to make significant changes to its WrestleMania plans, including moving WrestleMania 36 from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida to the Performance Center in Orlando with no fans in attendance. Holly, 43, is widely regarded as one of the best and most respected female wrestlers in the history of WWE and the professional wrestling business. Confirming her popularity among her peers were congratulatory tweets from fellow Hall of Famers Trish Stratus, Beth Phoenix, and Triple H, with Trish saying, quote, So, so happy about this wonderful news from my beautiful and talented friend Molly Holly. She has given so much to this business, and personally, she was a huge part of helping me transition into a fighting champion that could be taken seriously. Love and appreciate her so much, end quote. Beth Phoenix going all types crazy. Triple H saying, quote, many people say WWE superstars are real-life superheroes, and in this case, she truly is. A women's champion and inspiration to our current roster and simply a a wonderful person. Congratulations to Molly Holly on being the first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021. Holly first arrived on the national scene as Miss Madness in WCW from 99 to 2000. Along with Gorgeous George, she primarily served as a valet for Macho Man Randy Savage. It wasn't until she signed with WWE in 2000 that her career truly started to take off, however. After a brief stint as Lady Ophelia, she was given the Molly Holly name and it was introduced as the cousin of Hardcore and Crash Holly. Molly quickly became a fan favorite, which led to her alliance with the Hurricane. From 01 to 02, Holly dressed in superhero garb and was known as Mighty Molly. She and Hurricane made for an entertaining and popular team, and the angle served as a launching pad for even bigger and better things. Holly turned heel in 2002 and became WWE Women's Champion, which is a title she held twice in addition to be a one-time hardcore champion. Molly feuded with many of the top stars in the women's division, including Stratus, Lita, Gail Kim, and Victoria. Famously, Holly lost a higher versus title match to Victoria at WrestleMania 20, which resulted in Molly getting her head shaved. Holly left WWE in 2005 and has largely remained retired since then, with the exception of sporadic appearances for WWE and on the independent scene. She made a surprise return in 2018 as part of the first Women's Royal Rumble match and then subsequently competed in a battle royal at the all-women's Evolution pay-per-view. And she was once again a surprise entrant from the 2020 Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, First member of the 2021 class, 
but she will be joined by a stacked 2020 class that fi will finally be officially inducted. 2020 class, of course, is, in case you forgot, Batista, the NWO, John Bradshaw Layfield, the Bella Twins, Juice Thunder Lager, and the late British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. I have to say congratulations are in order to Molly Holly. Congratulations are in order to Molly Holly for becoming the first inductee of the Hall of Fame class of 2021. I do remember, I really liked her as Mighty Molly for some reason. I was like a teenager and I'm just like, oh, superhero, works with, works well with the hurricane, you know, nice to do it. You know what I'm saying? I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do like your character, especially when she went heel. Oh, yeah. Heel Molly Holly? Mm-hmm. I was all for it. I remember her hair versus title match. I remember that completely. And I'm happy for her. I'm really happy that Molly Holly is not only in the Hall of Fame, which rightly deserved, honestly, but the first one of the class? Hey, that's a high honor. So she'll be leading that class into this year's Hall of Fame, along with the 2020 class, which, I mean, the 2020 class is pretty solid. Batista, NWO, JBL, the Bella Twins, Liger, Bulldog, Man, listen, that's a hell of a class. And I think it's a good way to start the class 2021. I'm curious to, to see who else they have the class with. This is going to be a very long ceremony. Excuse me. So, yes, I am quite happy for Molly Holly. And I believe she is actually the first one of the Holly clan to actually get into the Hall of Fame. And I'm sure Howard, Hardcore, and Crash, somewhere in America or anywhere in the world, are quite happy that Molly Holly is in the Hall of Fame. Really, yeah. I mean, to go from WCW ballet, I remember she was in WCW. Don't remember that. Well, then again, I wasn't watching from 99 to 2000, so. Yeah, but when she came into WWE, around 01, 02, or, I mean, along with uh, Hardcore and Crash, yeah, definitely became a fan. Once she did the uh, Mighty Molly uh, gimmick, I, I think that really propelled her into, you know, who she was. Then, you know, of course, winning the championship twice, can't go wrong with that. You know, facing the best that the women's division had to offer, not a bad way to go out either. And to see her still, you know, every once in a while competing in matches, mainly the Royal Rumbles, Battle Royals, and all that stuff, hey, if she can still do it, why not? And for, to see her go into the Hall of Fame, I think for me personally, it's cool. I'm very happy about it. I'm very happy for her. Molly Holly, the first member of the class of 2000. And 21. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 299 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 6 of last week. This week, we'll be right back.
guys, that's going to be it for episode 299 of the YLP Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. So much to this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, or I missed any news whatsoever from this week, sound off. Let your voice be heard. Let me know with an email over at youngwinesperspective at gmail.com. You can leave a voice message over at Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio. Leave a comment over on AmbiguousPodcastLoogies.com and make sure you leave a comment and a rating anywhere you listen to podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on on my social media side, you can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Smackdown Live every Friday, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to. We'll let you guys know prior to that particular night's episode. And just so you know, besides uh, Monday's episode coming up, programming note, um, after uh, this coming Monday's episode, uh, last week, this week, I will be again on a hiatus, a bit of a hiatus. As I told you guys earlier in the month, I will be what is my spring break? Uh, this is the plan. Uh, little vacation that I had. Um, prior to the uh, private thing I had to do with the future Mrs. YLB. And that will be from the 19th to the 30th. So after this Monday, just as a reminder, um, last week this week will be taking place. And then I will not be back until literally April. My goodness. And my apologies for that, but it's something that I just really, uh, had planned and ready to go for uh, what happened earlier this month. So I wanted to keep that in your thoughts and all that good stuff and i do live tweet four of course besides smackdown and every wwe live pay-per-view every nxt and nxt uk takeover special and when it's 3 30 in the morning and i have nothing else better to do because the kids need to go back to sleep i do live tweet for new japan pro wrestling as well if you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can find me over there at young underscore lines, underscore perspective, updates, memes, 60 second thought videos, all that good stuff over there. So make sure you follow me on the IG. And luckily, if you have Facebook, all the IG posts goes right over to Facebook. You can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, make damn sure that you follow the page as well. We have over 100 plus followers over there. I want to thank them all for their continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms. Stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Parler. Send it through all the alt tech messaging apps, Telegram, Voxer, Signal, WhatsApp, all that stuff over there. Send it on Facebook Messenger. Send it in a text message. Make sure you slide that through in your friends' DMs if you must. Because, of course, in still quarantine times, and as of this recording, has actually been a year. Uh, 365 days of 15 days to slow to spread. We at WrestleAddict Radio strive to do our very best to provide you the top 
quality entertainment that you know and love. And of course, with the with the YLB podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Fretzelmania podcast, and don't you dare forget about the Let Show with Mance Chapel. We want to be, without a doubt, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, undisputedly, undoubtedly, 100% top-notch, then, now, and forever, the alternative professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. Everybody's got their favorite app that they use for their podcasting needs. But if you think for one second, we're simply all about just ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, Anchor, and everywhere else. I mean, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. I, I promise you, you are mistaken, you will lose, and it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, scare your feelings. Because we can be found across many, many different platforms. Most notably, of course, Amazon Music and Audible. And don't you dare forget about, you know, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox FM, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify Bam! Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio across all these platforms. You should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And don't you dare forget about the articles of war. You can head over to writteninwar.wordpress.com. You can check out all the articles that we have over there. Fanfics, Kings of the Night, Picks, Tip of the Crown, Winners, Top 10. It's all there. All there. Okay? Check it out. All over there, writteninwar.wordpress.com, the blog side of Wrestle Addict Radio, and we're happy, most happy to have them as a part of the War Familia. Just want to make sure I fulfill my obligations. We're going to check over to, uh, to the leaderboard there. We're looking at the country of Hong Kong this week, and I believe I give them the thumbs up, so we are good to go. As you know, of course, Monday. March 15th, 2021, episode six of last week, this week. And it is going to be an interesting one for Mr. YLP himself, knowing that he is going back on a hiatus in just a few days. He wants to ensure that a winner is picked. From what I was told yesterday in text messages, Mr. YLP himself looked at AEW Dynamite and was none too pleased for the majority of the show. Just a little bit of insight, nothing to be concerned about. We still have NXT to watch, so we will figure it out from there. But we'll see if NXT takes a 4-2 lead, or if AEW Dynamite had more than enough to get it back to 3 apiece. We'll find out this coming Monday. Once again, make sure you head your butt over to my, te- my spring store. Young-Lions-Perspective.Creator-Spring.Com. Again, you can use that code MARCH2021. Save yourself 10% off my entire line of merch over there. And, of course, if you're down, if you're okay with uh, sending over your pictures and you know giving us your permission, 
to actually use said pictures in a future Fashion Friday on Twitter and on Instagram. Get that YLP merch. Save yourself a little bit of money, and you'll be happy in the end. Especially with spring coming up. Definitely got to get you some uh, tank tops. Sun's out, guns out season is coming, ladies and gents. And we got to get ready, primed and ready for all of that. So that's what's going to be on tap for Monday, episode six of last week, this week. And then you go back on hiatus. A little bit of a spring break action until April. We won't worry about that right now. We got to worry about what's going down this Monday. Other than that, y'all, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Friday. And I hope you guys do the same. Enjoy your weekend, wherever you may be in the world, except if you're in Colorado. Um, You're going to get a lot of snow. And also, um, condolences are in order to Becky Lynch's father. As we found out this week, he had passed away. And, um, of course, on behalf of the entire War family and the Wild Podcast, we send our deepest condolences to Becky Lynch's family and let them have their privacy and their time of grief. As well as Renee Paquette becoming the newest member of the citizenry of the United States. She is actually an American citizen now, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm quite happy about that. That's pretty cool, even though I think Muros was better. But yes, congratulations to Renee Paquette on becoming a naturalized citizen of the United States of America. That's enough for me. I'm getting the hell out of here. Enjoy your weekend as much as you possibly can. Stay safe. Stay productive. Keep it tight. And I'll see you guys right back here this coming Monday for episode six of Last Week This Week. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.